0: All right. Hey, I'm back, Brent Leary. And uh, man, it's been way too long since I talked to uh, uh, Joe Galvin, who is the chief research officer for Vistage. Joe, how are you doing, man? Uh, I'm good, Brent. How are you? How are you holding up, man? You home?
1: You safe? You healthy?
0: Yeah, I'm home, safe. I'm getting a little bit stir crazy because you you know we're usually out at uh, some event in Vegas, usually, <laughs> or something <laughs> like that. Uh, I'm not missing Vegas, but uh, being in the house for a while, yeah, it's kind of get to you a little bit
1: yeah well my wife and I are celebrating our 40th year of marriage this year and I'm not sure if it's going to sustain me being home all the time
0: <laughs> let's hope re- you make it <laughs> the 41 man
1: <laughs> working from home works as long as you leave once in a while and I'm not going anywhere <laughs> we'll see how see if see if 41's on in our future but we hope so
0: <laughs> all right man so uh you are at Vistage and just for folks who don't know tell tell us a little bit about what Vistage is and who your your member audience is
1: Vistage is the world's leading executive development, executive coaching, and peer advisory service uh, on the planet. We focus on small and mid-sized business CEOs, business owners, presidents, and key key executives, uh, providing access to an unprecedented uh, um, collection of executives, of uh, expert speakers on key topics, and facilitated by the Vistage chairs, who are are people that are just committed to helping their members grow, both as leaders and as humans, uh, helping to make better decisions, get better results, and become better leaders along the path. 24,500 around the world, 16,000 plus here in the States. It's an amazing community. And I've got the privilege of, of leading Vistage Research, which allows me to tap in to their opinions, their insights, and really understand the issues that are most important to them. And then generate our research on top of that uh, to help them be, be more informed about what's going on across our community.
0: Well, and you were just telling me you you had just got off of a member webinar Uh, with a couple of economists talking about what's going on. And that's what I definitely want to talk to you about uh, because, well, I mean, let's face it. That's what it's on the top of everybody's mind, particularly a small business person, right?
1: Oh, yeah. Well, and, you know, so you talk about the economy in general. We tend to get caught up in what the stock market is and isn't doing. And the stock market is like weather. It's what's going on today. Uh, Our economy is climate. That's the long term historical trends. And again, our partners are Brian and Alan Bolio from ITR Economics. And some of the highlights they shared is that the economic fundamentals that we were coming to the down, at the end or the backside of a growth cycle and beginning other ones, those haven't fundamentally changed. That is the consumer that has driven that and the belief that consumers still will. And that really the the length of this health crisis will determine the depth of the economic crisis. Now, clearly for those in the restaurant, entertainment, discretionary income business, uh, they're hurting immediately. Uh, For other organizations, if you're in manufacturing, uh, is your supply chain being interrupted? And what's the impact to workers on the line? And we're seeing some real creative responses about, you know, workers now splitting shifts. So if you do have children that aren't in school, you can come, you can stay with them during the day and come in and work on the line at night. You know, the enhanced cleaning, a lot of the things that they're doing. You know, in the construction space, um, projects continue to go on unless they're tied to school or government or some other place where you can't really access because of humans. So the economic activity continues. Uh, the question is, how long will this um, will this lull, where we're all kind of grounded, uh, how long will that go and how deep will that be?
0: Um, so- and you just recently <coughs> did a, a, a research, uh, you you do a lot of research, but you right. just put out a a, a paper on uh, the virus impacts on uh, small business confidence. Now, this is just last year, uh, I mean, excuse me, last week. Yeah. And even though it's like, man, this is fresh, this is last week, mm-hmm. there's been a lot that's happened in the but past week. It's, it's changing it so quick. It's I call
1: it the Corona Curve, and if mm-hmm. you would take a traditional bell curve and flip it around, that's the Corona Curve. Where there's a trigger event, and that was when we first heard, "Oh, Wuhan, China is having some some flu disease." Right? That was a trigger, and we ignored that. We ignored that for a long time. Your device and it, is connected. But then a trigger event occurs, uh, which initially was the stock, the first stock market drip the week of March third. Then last week, it was was the President Trump's speech about shutting down travel. And now we're on this slippery slope to the bottom. Mm. We don't know where the bottom is. And if you think about it, you're sliding down a hill at night. You're just holding on as best you can. And everything changes because we haven't yet started to find the bottom. (laughs) Excuse me. In China, we're now beginning to see signs of the bottom. That we're seeing port activity open up. We've seen another day of zero new cases. Uh, We just learned that 80% of China's factories are back operational again. And I believe that in another four to six weeks, they'll be at 90% capacity. So signs are beginning to emerge that they've reached the bottom. We're not there yet. So any data you look at, or we took a survey, closed on March 9th. March 9th, that was a week ago, Monday. (laughs) And 15.6% were extremely concerned about coronavirus. I'm sure that number would be in the 70s now.
0: Wow. It, it's moved that fast. So I know you you have a <coughs> vistage CEO confidence index. Yeah. And just, as of last week, it was it went from it actually went from 91.5 at the end of 2019 to 84.7 at the beginning of the year. Where where do you think it is now?
1: Don't know. We came into this year under the premise that the slowdown was slowing. It's time to prepare for prosperity. And then a black swan event occurs. A black swan event is an event that's totally unpredictable, has a lasting and long-term effect. And in retrospect, maybe we should have we should have recognized this is going to happen. 9-11 is a great example. It happened suddenly. It had a profound and long-term effect on us. And you know, in a retrospect, maybe we should have thought about that this could happen. Now, clearly, we've had movies like Contagion and Outbreak about pandemics before. Um, you know, different different government agencies have grown or shrunk over time. But to be surprised that this happened now, in retrospect, oh yeah, we should have seen it. But in the meantime, we're all scrambling to, as we go down that slope, trying to find the bottom because until we get to the bottom, we can't assess the damage. It's like we're we're sitting in the middle of a hurricane and it's still raging, right? And we can't go outside to see if the trees down or if our neighbors need help just yet. Once the storm passes, you can assess the damage and then it'll be a to path
0: forward. Well, you, and you don't even know when this, how far along you are in the storm either. Right. Right.
1: So there's a strong belief, and this continues. This will be a V-shaped event. That once we do get to the bottom and we've we've sorted out the health uh, uh, health issues, then we'll quickly be able to recycle. And I'm sure the first to go out will be the last to come back. Um, So you know, order from your local restaurant, have them delivered. uh, Do what you can to support those people and those businesses that you frequent uh, that are going to be affected immediately by this. And over time, we're all going to feel this crunch. Um, And and quite frankly. Some folks are, you're being rewarded and punished today for some of the decisions you made in the past. So -hmm. I know you're a big digital transformation advocate, as am I. Well, those organizations that have moved much further down that digital path are much better prepared to ride this out. Where if you continue to be dominated by analog human processes and interactions, you're at greater risk and greater threat, right? So I think that we'll see, you know, we get to the other side, I think we'll see a real change in how people embrace digital this whole work from home concept, you and I have been doing it for years, but for a lot of organizations, this is a whole new thing. It's a whole new set of behaviors. Right. And they never went to it cause they never did, but now they have to, we'll see it. We'll see some real some real evolution, I think, in how we
0: embrace technology. Let's talk about, you mentioned digital transformation. And I know previously we had a conversation that started with digital transition before we even got to transformation. Yeah. Uh, and what, what it looked like back then. What is digital transformation, from an SMB perspective, going to look like after we get past this hurdle?
1: That's a great question, and it's one that we'll have to sort out with time. But I think you'll see—you'll um, see some organizations, small, mid-sized businesses, are already thriving in this environment. Those folks that are in tech, uh, those folks that are in in, in outsourced technology, or, or cyber, still a real issue. Uh, those people are all thriving. In fact, you know, some of these pure digital companies that support the digital environment. They're going to do much better because so much energy is coming towards them as opposed to the physical world. You know, it'll radically, you know, it'll accelerate the death of of brick and mortar. Um, But humans will still want to gather. So the entertainment stuff will come back. I think for small and mid-sized business, it's going to reinforce and reward those who have done the prudent financial planning. (laughs) Folks that maintain an adequate cash flow and cash on hand. People that have arranged for and already have uh, a line of credit with their local banker. You know, the, the government's going to throw a ton of money into the Small Business Administration. In fact, we're going to post something of that on our website uh, later today for folks. Uh, but the SBA is just a small little government agency. It's not prepared to scale to pass out trillions of dollars. So it shouldn't be your first line of defense, but know it exists there. Uh, HR 6201, which, uh, which extends the uh, unemployment insurance, some of the implications about providing tax credits for that and some of the nuances. That too will be in place with time, and we'll sort that out. But in the short term, you know, you got to get with your local banker and make sure you're in a good place. Having said that, when you get to the other side, we will be at a lifetime low interest rates, both business-wise and personally. It'll never get lower in your lifetime than what will be coming out of this. So establish that line of credit. Uh, maybe do a refinance. I've got a, a daughter and son-in-law who are on the cusp of buying a house because, yeah, it's craziness out there, but the interest rates are lifetime. I mean, this is unbelievable. So there'll be opportunities um, when we get the other side, but until we get to the bottom of, of the Corona curve, uh, we're just, we're just scrambling to survive. And we won't really know, won't really know how to dig out until we know how deep we're in.
0: So well, what can, what can the government actually do? We are seeing a lot of, uh, of the Congress and the Senate, They're they're talking about doing these different bills. I know one just got signed. Uh, I think that was the one that, that was around making tests Free and available to people, okay. but these the second and the third bill seems to be more focused on getting you know individual help and then getting business help bailouts if some people call it that. But let's face it, small businesses like the the traditional mom and pops or the traditional meat and potatoes, main street small businesses, they don't have they don't have lobbyists that are in D.C. that are looking out for their uh, their uh, you know interests and in bringing them the money. So what can be expected really? From the government when it comes to assisting those kind of small businesses,
1: I think in the longer term you'll see the government there, but the federal government doesn't move quick on anything or for anything, and irrespective of your political positions in this in these current times, the government just functions that way. Uh, so I think the immediate concern is you know our economy is driven by the consumer, the consumer represents two thirds of our GDP, um, consumers are home they're grounded. Um, and those, those businesses, restaurants, you know, all the ones, the ones we've been talking about, those people are going to be hurt right away. So the unemployment insurance, uh, the understanding that uh, they will continue to receive a paycheck and if they do get furloughed or laid off, um, there will be an opportunity for them to access funds. I think that's really important. Their small and mid-sized businesses, both through their local bankers and through government-supported programs, have the ability to get the bridge loans and the funds they need to stay in business. Because, again, depending on how long the health crisis exists is how deep the economic crisis is going to be and how quick we can ramp up. So I would like to see more done uh, addressing the unemployment issues. Uh, I know there's talk about $1,000 to every family. Well, for those of us able to continue to work and are really financially solid companies, uh, I would rather see that money directed to those people that are in need. You know, right. the people that live in the hourly wage of the gig economy, uh, the Uber drivers that you and I use on a regular basis, the waitresses uh, at, the, at the place, the, the people that clean the rooms in the hotels for those of us that are business travelers. I would like to see more energy directed towards ensuring those consumers can maintain their space in society so when the opportunity to work comes back, they can slide back in without a devastating financial effect or, you know, the real promise of, of, of hunger. Uh, in our country in places that we haven't experienced it before. So I'd like to see more directed towards consumer support and the ability to help small and mid-sized businesses. I think our big businesses got a big boost in the tax cuts, and many of them chose to do a variety of things with that with that that money these days. Uh, but they need to they've got the wherewithal and the resources to take care of their own. It's we really have to rally around, I think, around our small businesses and more importantly, the people that work for them to help them get through this period of time uh, because we'll all have to recover through this together.
0: What, I hate to ask this, but it's got to be asked. What are the kind of industries that, from a small business perspective, may not come back?
1: Well, I think it's it's not about segments, but about individual businesses. Clearly, in the restaurant business, that's going to hurt. Um, you know, there are no small business airlines, except for some, maybe some commuter, retail, high-end jet kind of things. And, and I'm, I'm not really going to worry about that. Um, I think some of your manufacturers are going to get really hurt. You know, let's assume now that China gets geared back up and let's assume that you are somewhere in that supply chain. Um, you know, lean manufacturing is a great concept. Just-in-time inventory was super for the CFO trying to manage cash and inventory. But right now, you can produce as long as you have inventory and as long as, you're, as your supply chain continues to function. So there will be a ripple, especially if you're connected to China. But we saw a lot of the folks that were affected by the, the tariff wars that are still going on uh, are the same people that are getting hurt now in the Corona crunch. So um, I think there'll be some carnage there. I call it the Corona carnage. There'll be some carnage there. Uh, but again, those businesses that have, um, that have good, solid relationships with their customers, uh, you know, I, think, I think you'll be rewarded and punished going forward based on how you treat your employees during this period of time and how you treat your customers. I personally am extremely pissed off at one of my uh, most important travel partners, specifically because of the way they treated a certain situation. Uh, And they will be uh, subsequently punished on the other side of this, just as another one stepped up for me big time and they'll be rewarded. So you got to appreciate the fact that that in loyalty uh, with customers and with employees, um, you know, your trust is based upon a history of interactions and is strongly influenced by the most powerful. And this is a paradigm shift, a paradigm shift. Everybody goes back to zero. Whatever you did before, whatever good guy credits or hero points you got don't matter. What have you done since this, since this effect? So I, I, you know, I, I, I caution people. I said, think carefully about how you treat people, the people that work for you and the people that, that use your product today, because memories are long and crises are short and you will be rewarded or punished on the other side of this based on how you behave today.
0: You know, so I got two things when I ask you around that, because that's really fascinating. What, what about the, the kind of companies that had tattered reputations, you know, and 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 uh, they, they earn those tattered <laughs> reputations uh, in the past, but at a time like this, step up. So, I'm thinking like a Facebook. Facebook, we know they've had their issues, yeah. a lot of issues in the past, but they seem to actually really be stepping up in in a real time of need right now. What do, what do you think about them?
1: Well, again, you know, this is—we uh, don't know where the bottom is, so we don't know how dramatic uh, impact this will be. So we're all we're making guesses as we as we go down that slope. Right. Um, but I think again, you're in, in a time of crisis. Your most recent interaction tends to dominate your interactions in a world before. Right now, if you've got a twenty-year relationship with someone and then they go left instead of right during this time, you're more likely to forgive them. If you've only done business with someone a couple times or you don't have a strong relationship anymore, you said. It had a, a not so good reputation to begin with. That's where you start from. So yeah, you might be able to help yourself. but again, once this passes, you fall back into those prior behaviors, you go right back to where you were. So it will be as short as long term as the consistency of your behavior. But again, it's it's you know we tend to we tend to like zero in on us and survivability, which is what you do. but all those actions and behaviors, especially as a leader in your organization, I mean everybody's a little spooked. Mm-hmm. Feel confident about your job and your company's ability to survive. Everybody's spooked. If you're not spooked, then then I need to know what liquor store you go to. Uh, <laughs> um, and as we get out of it, that that scar will remain, and that will blot out a lot of what happened in the in the in the in the, the before CV. Call it B. What do you call it? BCV. Mm. Uh, before coronavirus, right? Um, and when we get to the other side, those experiences I think will have a much stronger impact than in a normal day to day world. It's,
0: Let me uh, ask you, you know, about. Amazon. Amazon has done some really interesting things uh, uh, Two kind of connected. it. Um, they said, Hey, we're going to hire a hundred thousand more people to and, and pay them uh, a couple of bucks more per hour uh, to help in the fulfillment centers. Uh, but, and then they also said that they are going to, and this is kind of on the small biz side. Uh, if you're not, selling items that are deemed to be necessities, essentials, don't send them into the fulfillment center because right now we're focused on, you know, streamlining the process of getting the things that people need to them. So there's like, you know, that, that's kind of a, a a hardship on small businesses, but for the greater good, uh, from a customer perspective, how do, how do small businesses uh, kind of view Amazon at this point? Well,
1: I think for those that are tied up in that ecosystem uh, and sit outside those essentials, it's a big worry because now your business is on hiatus. If you're a digital business tied to this digital platform and they said, look, we're gonna, you know, your stuff's not going on the digital shelves these days, that's obviously gonna be a problem. The question is how long will that last? I mean, quite frankly, you know, our online shopping behavior uh, probably hasn't altered that much. I mean, you know, I just, there are things that, there's things that we're ordering that we really need to order that now. But again, by ordering that, you're putting money into the economy and you're doing consumer spending. Right. Uh, a couple other thoughts, too, that triggered is if this had happened 20 years ago, before Amazon, before Facebook, before the internet, think how crazy this would be. Wow. Right? And even, you know, the other thought, too, we had is, is if this were occurring in November when it's oh. getting darker and colder, now the Southern Hemisphere, it's going the other way, obviously, but, but now it's getting lighter and warmer. Uh, could you imagine how much how much darker this might be? So I think it I think it speaks to one that that our our humanity has stepped forward so far forward into digital and into technology that we're much better to to ride this out um and to be able to achieve some level of normalcy and understanding. In the absence of this, in the absence of that communication, we'd all be we'd all be spinning dark tails because in the absence of information, our brains will fill that void with all types of reasons to maybe, you know, throw the dog in a local volcano as a sacrifice. That's mm. what we would have done. We would have thrown something in a volcano 500 years ago. I know.
0: <laughs> That's a thought. <laughs> so, so, so what what are one of the two things that maybe we haven't talked about that you're hearing from your uh, small business executive membership that is still on their mind or is still pressing yeah. on them uh, that maybe is below the surface that we aren't yeah. hearing about in the, in the media?
1: One of the things we have in Vistage is we have our networks, which allows members uh, across the country, around the world to communicate in digital platforms. And we've been mining those and listening to those. We've created a a coronavirus network specifically to to help our members communicate uh, beyond their their local groups. And we're starting to see questions now come out about how do I deal with customers? Right. Mm. My customers are asking for a deferment or they're canceling or they're saying, look, I can't pay you for 90 days. So, again, your customers will reward or punish you based on how you behave. So. How do you now answer those customer questions, right? Do you become draconian and say, pay me or go into default, or do you work through that? Or if you've got a sales team that used to work in a big call center and dial for dollars and, you know, high five each other, rallying up every day, and now everybody's at home. How do mm-hmm. you manage that distributed sales force? You know, and then as you get a little bit deeper into this, say, well, hey, I couldn't make my quarterly call. I couldn't make my quarterly bonus uh, a goal because uh, nobody's buying all those proposals, you know, those those companies have got the fiscal year of March 31 and they're waiting for that big fourth quarter hockey stick. And eh, thanks for playing. That kind of <laughs> stuff isn't going to happen. So how are you going to recalibrate on the sales side and on the customer side? Uh, there's a lot of energy on the finance side. And we touched on that with the SBA program, uh, H.R. 6201 and some of the other things that people are doing on the finance side. Um, But I think there's a big talent issue that goes on. You know, we had just, February unemployment was at 3.5%, effectively full employment. And the talent wars were the top raging issue. And you know what? There's a truce in the talent wars right now, right? Some people are continuing to hire, but most people are saying, you know what? I'm going to hold off right now because I just don't know, right? Some companies are going to have to release people. And people who had good, who are good employees are now going to be free agents in the market. And as I said, once we get through this and we get to the other side and we start to climb out, you're going to see a game, a reverse game of musical chairs Hmm. where everybody's going to be walking around, but instead of chairs being taken away, more chairs will be added every day as, as restaurants want to scale up, manufacturers want to scale back up and they're going to go back to their employees who they had to let go. And if they treated them right on the way out, they'll come back. If they didn't, there'll be opportunity of Mundo. And we know a lot of people stay in their jobs just because it's easier to stay in your job. But once you're out, you're out. And again, you will be rewarded or punished based upon how you created your culture leading up to this, how you execute on your culture. Is it consistent with what you said? Or did you have a culture that said employees first and now you're doing behaving exactly differently? Um, and, and will you be rewarded on the back side for that? Because again, we'll get through this at some point in time. Uh, there will be greater pain for some sectors than others. Uh, but when you get to the other side, uh, the decisions you make today um, we'll have a big standing about how long and how hard it is for you to climb out. And then what that new, new normal is going to look like uh, at some point, hopefully in the not too distant future. It's so volatile right now, you know, until you get to the bottom, you're just, you're just holding on, trying to yeah. trying to sli- stop from sliding all the way down. Um, it's um, again, a black swan event, totally unpredictable. will have a lasting and profound impact. And you know what? We should have seen this coming. And in fact, mm-hmm. we did see it coming. We just chose to do nothing about it,
0: man. All right, Joe. So where can people learn more and pick up some of this research?
1: Go to Vistage.com. That's our homepage. Go to the Research Center. Uh, We've got a lot of content. We're making it available to all small, mid-sized, to everyone anyway. Uh, We want to help everyone get through this. Uh, And we're going to be, again, tapping into our amazing community of experts on a variety of topics. Uh, We had someone from John Hopkins Health. Uh, We've got someone come up from the University of Stanford. Uh, We're going to be digging into some of the employment issues in the next week. Or so hopefully uh, so we're gonna as we as we hear from folks what the threat is we're gonna try to pull up experts to talk to that but understand as we're on this downward slope everything will change and evolve until we get to the bottom we establish what that new normal looks like we can assess the level of damage and then make good decisions to start to move into a recovery phase uh, that hopefully will be sharpen and, sharpen and, uh, up into the right but at the yeah, meantime,
0: stay groups the same like same. yours are great because at at this time i mean a lot of small businesses and you know you know small businesses entrepreneurs startups a lot of those folks feel kind of isolated just in general uh without these kind of events going on but when you add on these kind of events it really layers on the isolation and so having a group like that to be able to feel like you're not alone as this stuff goes on i think that that's that's as incredibly important as some of the other things so, we just talked
1: about. It is, it is so true because you don't want to try to figure this out by yourself. You know, it's hard to be a CEO because, yeah, you operate in isolation, right? Only other CEOs can appreciate what that isolation is. Well, now as you're scrambling, you know, trying to get your, your finance and your cash in shape, dealing with your employees, worrying about your customers, worrying about your, your, your employees and their families, you're not the only one fretting about that. And, and again, that's the power of our groups and the power of our chairs is that those communities have been engaged on this immediately. And I'm just fortunate that I'm part of this community that I can reach in and tap into what these folks are talking about, the men and women that we have in our, in our CEOs, and learn from that and share that because um, collectively we will all get through this. I mean, we'll have some bruises and some of us will have more than others, um, but we, we will get through it. And when we get to the other side, um, there'll be some excellent learnings from that. We hope to tap into that and share it with people. And Brad, the yeah. service you provide of sharing this and amplifying this out to the community is, is so valuable. So thank you for giving me the opportunity to spend a few minutes with your community. I invite them, come to vistas.com. We share, we share everything.
0: Hey, it's been way too long since we talked. So I really appreciate you taking the time and, and sharing this information because, yeah, I, we're we're all in the same boat here. So
1: <laughs> What we're going to do, we're going to accelerate our survey schedule into our community. Um, so maybe I'll reach out to you early April when we got some more results and kind of see where that, where that downward curve is because i'm sure it's a lot lower today than it was a week ago well 10 days ago now when we closed the survey
0: yeah so, yeah it'll uh, be interesting to, to see that yeah, yeah. all so, right joe thanks man appreciate thank you.
1: it thanks everyone bye bye